When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the number one Cardiff City podcast, brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Booth Room, the Cardiff City podcast in association with Giovanni's Restaurants. I'm your host, Glenn Williams, and I am joined as ever by Nathan Blake and Paul Bandonato. Happy New Year to you both, gents. Happy New Year, but... <laughs> How's our Christmas periods? Yeah, have a nice Christmas, Blake. I had a fantastic Christmas, yeah, to be fair. Um, what did Santa bring? Uh, brandy. <laughs> nice of him. <laughs> and more brandy. Nah, uh, I had some nice presents off the wife, kids, kids home from university. Um, so, yeah, really nice time. Quiet, you know, uh, New Year spent with friends. Um, and then... Went home about two and got uh, had a, more, a skin full of brandy again, and then had to be up for the New Year's trip to uh, London. QBR, yeah, yeah. Sure, so, sure. Uh, we'll come on to yourself, Paul. Yeah. Did you have a nice, uh, nice Christmas. Fabulous Christmas. Fabulous. Exactly Christmas Day and Boxing Day. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Well, first pod of the year. Um, today we'll be covering obviously Cardiff's Christmas form. Um, then we'll be moving on to the January transfer period and um, some rumblings of discontent maybe in the Cardiff City fan base towards Neil Harris and the, and the team as a whole. Um, then we'll be previewing the South Wales derby where Ian Mitchellmore, the Swansea City correspondent, will be joining us Ooh. when we finish with... <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that when he's in Finish it with some Ask Blakey. So let, let's kick it off then with with the Christmas period for, for Cardiff City. Um it's been an indifferent one, I would say, to to say the least. Started with a, a bit of a ball ball draw against Millwall on Boxing Day. Yeah, um, bit of a tricky one that, wasn't it? Tough one to watch. Yeah, it, it was. It was hard to watch. Um, it's it's still early for me to be able to say to Neil Harris or say what Neil Harris is trying to achieve. Right. I've heard him many times now speaking about this thing about 25 crosses or shots or something like that, all, all that nonsense. I always think that's just a nonsense because if you come up against a quality defensive team and you get you know, four shots and two on target, you take it if you win 1-0, do you know what I mean? So those sort of stats. But going up against his old team, there was so much involved in it. And uh, you know you have to say the equaliser... It was, a, it was a special strike. It, yeah, it's as simple as Jeff that. Wallace. Yeah, yeah, it was an absolutely terrific strike. Mm. Um, I, I was, I was commentating. I thought he was going to clip it in the far post. I didn't think he'd have the audacity to shoot from uh, the distance he did, but um, he did. Superb goal. But it's just, you know, I, I, you know, I, I never, I, I never came managers. What I try and do is just try and 
decipher what, what they're trying to do and where they're trying to go with it. And um, whilst we have a bit more possession of the, the, the ball, I wouldn't say we have, um, we're like, you know, tearing down any trees or anything like that. We've still got some, some way to go. But it's going to be interesting to see whether, with the quality of player, Neil Harris can develop this side into a better footballing team than what he did at Millwall with the resources he had there. Because mm. no, no doubt, player for player, and the size of the squad was a 35, 40 players. And then you, before you even get to the 23s and 18s, you've got so much to choose from. The question is, down to coaching, can you develop this team into a, a more exciting team? Because I think that is something that's lacking. Someone said to me over New Year, the reason why um, the, the, the team in 93, which got promoted, which I played in, uh, why it's so revered, is because they, you played football. It was exciting, fast flowing. Don't care if it was third division stroke, second division. Mm. The football we played was was exciting, and uh, I think that's what what we're lacking. You you believe for your time, Glenn, but you think of players like Stan, like Pike, like Dale, like Griffiths, like Richardson, like Miller. You know the Blake. kind of goals you would see, right? The kind of goals you would see, and you know Robbie James, you know Kevin Ratcliffe. You know, you played, you, we, we had Mark Hazelwood, we had some proper, proper players. So, uh, unfortunately, it's, it's, I, I think we're stuck in the, it's not just the Neil Warnock era. I don't think fans have seen exciting football at Cardiff for arguably a decade. Well, we'll come on to... Two to... promotions, but neither of those promotions were you thinking, what a team. Mm. what a team that is oh, I'm sure we're going to Harris into a bit more depth in the second part Poor the, the Christmas period the, the results here I'll just wheel them off 1-1 one, one against Millwall 2-1 Sheffield Wednesday 6-1 six, six, QPR 2-2 two, two Carlisle that is a real mixed bag isn't it completely inconsistent performances over there it perfectly demonstrates or illustrates Carlisle's season Glenn mm. isn't it Blakey yeah, absolutely complete inconsistency absolutely the win at Sheffield at Hillsborough was fantastic yeah against the side I think they were fourth at the time yeah mm. big crowd over Christmas and all that and they went there Cardiff went there and, and did a number on them but you know Millwall was, was a game to forget I just think that the QPR game on New Year's Day, in hindsight, and I had people pointing this out to me on social media immediately afterwards, and they're right, in hindsight, that was coming. Yeah, I've been... Cardiff beat QPR 3-0 at home, Blakey. Mm. They could have lost that 3-0 quite easily. Yeah, that Blake, 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 and I were sat next to each other that freak game. Result. Yeah. yeah, Cardiff um, were 2-0 up in that game. Yeah. Like, how, Blakey, they, how many times have we said, Glenn... How did we win that? Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I, I tweeted immediately after that game, mm. and I thought about it, and still pressed the button because I mean it. That is the worst kind of performance I've seen this century, Blakey. Wow. So we're talking about twenty years, years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It is. It it was defensively shambolic. It lacked cohesiveness as a team, which we've said has been the case. The gaps between the team—it just, you know, we talk about the gaps between the team with two bigs. Mm. You know, that all came to 
before in that game. There was obviously no cutting edge as a result. There was no pace in the team. And I just think all the problems came to a head in that one game. Um, and I just hope it's a watershed moment. I really do. Well, and it's, it's not, look, you expect that inconsistently from, from here on in as well. Because I hope Neil Harris deals with the clear issues that came, came out in that game. Doesn't treat it as a one-off, Blakey. No, because right. the performances have been have, have lent themselves to that coming. I've been saying it for a while. Sooner or later, someone's going to take their so, chances. So why I said mm. this is the worst of centuries? You know, you know, Cardiff lost six in at Preston, but that was a Preston team that got into the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, QPR are nothing special. They're not going to be in the top eight this season. No. You know, it, it was a truly wolf performance, and it needs to. You know, I'm hoping that a boil was lanced in that game. I really am, and that Harris has looked at areas and realised, yes, you know. The team does need to be more compact. We do need to have pacier players well, in there. Can, we do need to. Can, win I, the can I say balls. this though, Paul? Right. For me, there was there there were managerial errors. Yeah. Right. One, you play in a deep, deep defensive block. Yeah. If you play a deep defensive block with no pace for the counter. Yeah. You you, you started. You finish before you started. Yeah. Really and truly, right? Because yeah. you're not going to get out. Right. Non-aggression. First 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. Too passive, right? Running alongside people yeah. instead of running in and through people. Far too passive. And to me, playing Tomlin on a right or a three, you cannot do, mate. Criminal, isn't it? You cannot I agree do. With that. If you wanna if you wanna get the best out of Lee Tomlin, right, and you're gonna play him in that position, you've got to play like an extra man in midfield. You you've got to take Hoylet and drop him into, or take a, a midfield and drop him into a midfield position. Because you're so unbalanced, right? And you know, it's, it's no point saying, oh, well, Tomlin's got to work harder. Tomlin is not going to give you that. And you know that before you set up, right? You know what each player is capable of. So you play to your team's strengths. To me, that was, I sat there and watched it, and I just thought to myself, this is not only a poor performance by players, but a poor selection and a poor setup right from the get-go. But what concerns me then a bit further than that, Blake, is I, I was looking at an article Glenn did on Sunday about Harris talking about Callum Patterson can play as another option on the wing because of Nathaniel Mendes Lang's injury. <laughs> Callum Patterson can't play on the wing. <laughs> Callum Patterson has a lot of strengths. He's tigerish, he's strong in the tackle, he's a good header of the ball, he has an eye for goal. We've seen that mm -hmm. when he plays centre forward. Mm -hmm. He doesn't take a backward step, but he does isn't gonna drop his shoulder and go past a man. He isn't gonna show Usain Bolt pace to go to the byline and cross the ball. So I don't know where Neil Harris is coming well, from. When, when he says Patterson can play he, on the he's, wing, he's, he can't. He's, he's giving himself a problem it's not by fair. saying that. It's not fair on Patterson. Mm. Whenever he's brought him on, he's brought him on on the wing. In and listen, and I can understand in the closing eight minutes of a game, if he comes on in the 82nd minute and Cardiff for a goal up, I can understand going on in that position to close the game out, if you like. Mm. But Because he's effectively no. a right back. With, with Mendes Lang out now for the season, Cardiff desperately needs to go and buy a winger who can create. But what we can maybe come on to that in a moment. Mm. So The 6-1 uh, saw Harris revert to a back five. Do we think there is an experiment now that will be kiboshed? Well, it, it, mate, if you play the right person now, 
Do you not think the three centre-backs were the right... Or is the midfield that was the problem? Right, the, mid, the, the midfield. And yeah. it's not just the midfield, the, 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 the front three. You can't get out. Plus you're playing Saul in there, right? Saul, whether you like it or not, because he came on for like 20 minutes, was it half hour at Wednesday... 50 minutes, he came 50 on minutes, 40 minutes and, yeah. and, and done well mm, you think that okay he's ready to go but experience should tell you right don't don't bite at that right he's come on and done well let me kind of rest him up and maybe you know the Carlisle game give him a 90 minutes against easier opposition and because you know he's, he's he's 33 34 he's coming back off injury so you've got you've got to almost resist the urge and the temptation to see that performance at Sheffield Wednesday and go. I'm going to back to back him, right? And then Sixty minutes and then ninety minutes. Well, he didn't. Even, he was gone after half time. Mm. The first the first ball for the first goal, you have to say Eze's pass is like phenomenal. I didn't give it enough credit when I seen it first time. It's phenomenal. However, it's the type of pass that Sol should have been stretching for. I think if he was fully fit and fully sharp, he would have been stretching for at worst and just flicked on and put it out for a corner, right? You could tell the second goal when he lobs it over, the lad lobs it over, I think it might have been Eze again, lobs it over, like puts his foot and lobs it over two players mm. and one of them saw. The Saul's not expecting that, right? So his, his, his sharpness, especially after playing best part of 50 minutes, isn't going to be up to scratch, right? So... These are things like you sit and you deliberate and deliberate and you deliberate to death, right? After training, going into a game in two days' time, you, you, you sit down and you rip it apart, you put it together, you rip it apart, you put it together. You don't stop talking about it. And to me, it was too, it was almost too easy to say, because at one moment, Neil Harris is saying, right, he's not ready. Then he comes in, does brilliant, and then he starts. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Right, and I'm like, you know, it's, <coughs> you know, the FA Cup game, I accept that gives you a little bit of space in the, in between to recover. Think the age of the boy. I mean, you can't just be, you know, rolling him back in if he's not ready, and you admittedly saying he's not ready. How is he ready? A couple of days later, mm. I don't get it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So to me, there was there was mistakes, innocent mistakes, though it may be, but to me, there was too many mistakes, not just on the field by uh, by players, but also by right from the get-go, from the setup. As soon as I seen the setup, I thought, back five, okay. There's supposed to be a back three, I think, but it looked like a back five. Yeah. Playing deep, we were very passive, not getting wide in, lack of aggression, and then all of a sudden, no, no counter-attack. Oh, well, how are we going to get out? So, I, I would say, or my mum would say to me, rest her soul, you brought that on yourself, mate. Mm. Well, then we come on to the, the FA Cup game, which was a real opportunity to get fans back on side, mm. with, you know, start with a little bit of a cup run, get some confidence into some of the players who haven't been playing. And then they go two goals behind at half time. Paul, what do you make of that FA Cup game? I'm not sure it really matters, Glenn, to be honest with you. I think, you know, it's the league. Cardiff have got to start making a charge back up that league. They're not going to win the FA Cup. I know it'd be nice to get a, a run together. The cup record in recent years, very recent years, has been woeful for a side with a proud cup record this century. Um, but 
they'll go to Carlisle and they'll probably win that mm. reasonably comfortably to be honest with you Glenn they'll be in the next round I think is it Reading away or uh, Blackpool yeah they're um, more confident than I am I am I, I just I, I don't think I, like, I, I'm telling now and this, this anyone who's at the game you were at the game right Glenn mm-hmm. you were at the game Paul no right so anyone who's at the game would have seen Carlisle I think they're fourth from bottom League two. Yeah, it was fifty-seven league places between the two teams. At times, have the ball to the keeper, gone over the top, a back pass. They pass it to each other out from the back through midfield and out. On a numerous occasions, Carlisle. Right now, my point is, if a League Two team was at the bottom, near the bottom of League Two can come and do that on your home soil, I asked the question, why can't you? Mm. Mm. It's as simple as that. Why can't you and why haven't you developed the team and a squad, right, that is capable of doing what I would what I deem the bare minimum. Well, Get the ball, run with the ball, pass the ball. We know bare the minimum. Answer. We know the answer to that, Blakey, because Neil Warnock didn't want that style and, and these players are ingrained in a Route one approach, aren't they? And you know, Neil Harris's Millwall team also adopted a route one approach. So mm. I think we know the answer to that. Yeah, but the knock-on effect is it's the reason why you got five thousand fans in your stadium, yeah. and the reason why you're getting fans who are fed up of watching what they've been watching for a yeah. long time. So you can either ignore the white elephant in the room and crack on like everything's rosy, or you can confront it and deal with the situation. Regardless of what you say, me personally, I say confront it and deal with it. Simple as that. They need to improve the way they play. They have to. Okay, well that's... And, the, and, sorry, and I would know. say they have improved from the Warnock. They have. They have, but it's not still... It's not saying much. Not, well, it's not enough because the problem is, is you, you, your centre-halves give balls away frequently when they're passing into midfield where they're not used and confident to pass it into that midfield man you'll see a lot of balls like Flint will try and chip a little dinky one and it's not high enough or Jermaine Morrison will give the ball away the only one really who can slot a ball through that central midfield is Bamba that's where he's played in a sixth position before but Nelson is not a ball player so you know you've got to think to yourself well can these players do it? And I always say, well, you've got to show confidence in your players. And the more you do it, the more you do it in training, the more it just becomes habitual, as simple as that. Okay, well, that's the end of part one. In part two, we will be discussing the January transfer window and fans' feelings towards Neil Harris. Welcome back to part two. Um, we'll be discussing the sort of disquiet, I guess, towards Neil Harris uh, in recent weeks. Obviously, Paul, the honeymoon period appears to, to be over now. It's quite a over. Yeah, um, fairly quickly after that sort of hectic, festive period. Um, what do you make of the sort of, like I said, the fans disquiet, I guess, towards Neil Harris at present? Well, I'm not sure if, if you actually look at his record, he's lost... You can look at it two ways. He's lost two of 11 games, so you might think he's 
done pretty well there and doesn't really deserve the flat. Tough fixture schedule as well. Draw on five, one four, I think. Every fixture shows right? drawn, drawn. Yeah, so one, or you could say, well, he's only one four of eleven, and this squad is better than that. I mean, you can do it whichever way you want, but the bottom line is this, and and there's nothing new in saying this, but it might be worth re- reinforcing the or re-emphasizing the point that. He was not a universally popular appointment amongst the fan base. And it was always, you know, however, as the manager of Cardiff City, it was time for everybody to rally around him, as it would have been whoever got that job. But it was always on the premise that because he was not going to get much of a honeymoon period, it was up to him to deliver pretty much instant results, which is probably a bit unfair, really, given where the team was with their Warnock ball style approach and you know, the need to evolve and so on. Um, so, straight away though, you know, after Millwall, and this was, you know, really rant home even more after the um, QPR game and the dreary draw with a team near the bottom of League Two in the FA Cup, that analogies are being made with Russell Slade and his style of football. People are saying the team's going backwards. They don't really really have optimism moving forwards um i still think it's early days i really do you know he's only had 11 games remember i think he has to be afforded a little bit more latitude than that but i can understand the concerns because the football's not been great and something something i just feel that something needs to change here and and he he's the one who has to change it and make the bold decisions blakey he needs to, I for me, for me, he needs to drop Aidan Flint. Mm. Yeah, it has to start from the back. There has to be more composure from the back. And I think a back four. I know you love Peltier, but I think a back four of Jazz Richards, Morrison, Bamba, and Bennett can be encouraged to play that kind of football that you say the team needs to keep the ball more, to stop it coming back at them all the time and having to defend and defend and defend and instead impose their own game on the opposition. I think Bamba Morrison would push Pack away from where he drops far Bamba too deep. certainly would, yeah. Drops far too deep. Yeah. Bamba could get the ball through to Pack higher up the field, who could then throw it through to Tomlin. You know, it, it just sounds easy in theory. It clearly isn't in practice. It is. All right. But, <laughs> so I just think that he needs to start making some... some bold calls and I think that that is one of them that he needs to do Morrison and Bamba are a proven combination at this level now I know they're both older than they were two years ago of course they are Sol's come back from a bad injury but I just don't think that the I, I don't think the defence has been working at all this season and, and I just think something significant needs to change there. That's one thing he could do. I would like to think that that would then, because they would play slightly higher up the pitch, that would, and they would potentially keep the ball better, that would bring the compactness to the team that has been missing. And I think he also needs to tell Josh Murphy to get out there and prove that he's worth an £11 million that Cardiff spent on him because he's a player who does have talent. Um... And so I just think there are things that the manager needs to do to change things around because at the moment there is disquiet amongst the fans. They don't like the style of football. They don't like the lack of wins. And 
I'm not saying I feel sorry for Harris. There, there is no hiding place as Cardiff City manager, unfortunately. As I say, on the face of it, two defeats in 11 is a pretty good record. Good start. Pretty good record, and he can feel aggrieved at some of the comments coming his way. But I can understand, having watched the team, and with the expectation that we were given during the summer and so on, with that you know that level of expectation about this squad would be more than good enough to come back never, up again. Though. No, I know, but that yeah, was, that but, was but, being yeah, random yeah, time but, but it's lately. okay, Neil Warnock saying that. But you, you know, you can't mug me off, right? Just because you tell me it, it doesn't make it true. I can see what you're what you're doing. I can see the players you're playing. I can see that the partnerships you're creating. And I'm telling you, this is what I said from day one. The eight, if if we're lucky, you know, eighth, tenth, round about there. But make no bones about it. No, this the, is not a squad that's built to go straight back up. No, but the problem it's was impossible. the problem came in the summer, Blakey, when they sold Bobby Reed, Bruno Manga, and Zahor. They lost three of their. Better players, yeah, right? but Zahor wasn't playing insignificant, Reed hadn't played insignificant, and who was the third one? Manga, Manga, Manga was the Manga <coughs> was the stalwart Reed for me, right? Damn good job if, at this he could have done, but I think he could have done a damn good job at Premier League level, yeah. But for me, you when I when I read the comments of the previous manager letting go manga and he died, you know, we wanted to keep him as one of our best, but you know, we've kind of let him go sort of thing. And I, I just thought, if, what the, what the hell kind of language is that? He's your main defender. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'm not saying Bruno is like Beckenbauer, <laughs> but he was our best defender, right? He can play anywhere across the back four, but when he plays centre half, Especially in the Premier League late on, you've seen he's really cut out those mistakes out of his game. He's really concentrated, he's really focused, he's really showing leadership qualities. At that point, I'm saying to him, right, make sure you stay, right? And I'm doing everything in my power to make sure he stays. I then find out the boy's still living in hotel living. I mean, people might think, oh, it's insignificant. But I'm telling you, from a player's perspective, it's huge. So if I'm here and my family's here and they're all settled and blah, 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 kids in school, I'm living in a community, I see you, I, John, I, Margaret, and I'm you feel at home. It, it becomes your home, right? That is, that is part and parcel of really rooting yourself into a team. He's been here three or four years. See, it's really unfortunate for Flint that he's coming as the replacement for Manga. Flint has had some big games for Cardiff, but mm -hmm. he's... He's embodied the problems, the inconsistencies this season. The problem for Flint is Flint and Morrison well. are too much alike. Right? That's been from day one. But he's played with Nelson more recently. And still yeah, he will get exposed because I've said from day one, once you go down the channel on him, he's in trouble. And it's the same with Morrison. Once you go take Morrison into the channel... He's in trouble. So can, what I'm saying is, can Morrison-Bamba partnership that I feel should come back together again, can that... Can that? Honestly, I would go Nelson uh, song. Would you? Yeah, because I think Nelson gives you a bit more athleticism. Well, a lot more athleticism. He's, mm. he's quicker. Mm. He's probably the quickest out of them. He's What, what Nelson needs to work on is distribution. Other than that, he's a good defender, you know, we'll put a tackle in, we'll put a last-ditch tackle in. 
he's fairly quick, he's strong, he's good in the air, he's, he's got plenty of attributes, right? But he needs to be worked upon to polish him up to. And it's simple things, Paul, like, you know, just clipping 10-yard balls, 20-yard balls in training, taking them out of the air, taking them on your chest, like, finding your pass I, wide. And I don't think Harris will make these calls, by the way, Glenn. Mm. I think Harris will sit with Flint. Yeah, oh yeah, I and think I, I think he'll probably yeah. put Morrison next to him. Yeah, yeah he will definitely. Morrison, Morrison, I yeah. think Lee Palcher will be right back, and Bennett will be there. Bennett or Jazz will be left back. Mm. But, but, you know, and I, and I actually think I know we'll come on to the Swans game in a minute. I actually think Cardiff will put in a performance this weekend. I think they, you know, they will have to deliver in front of their own fans. But, but they have to run one for what, a lot of stick what, what do you what, what do you make of the criticism of Harris do you think it's too too early or I, I mate I said towards the back end of January you should start to see his team developing a style of play that he wants to play yeah right because by then you should be like 15 games in yeah yeah it's a third yeah. of the season effectively do you know what I mean so you mm. can't really you can't say oh you haven't had time and unfortunately the world we live in today you don't get a season to develop you do get 10 20 games if you're lucky so we're starting to see but i don't think anyone's overly impressed with what they're seeing you don't look and see it's a move towards a far more you know cohesive team. cohesive destructive you know they rip teams apart they're quicker on the counter-attack they're more solidified up for, uh, defensively you, you, you just think it, it's I personally I, my personal opinion is if for if I was marking out a 10 start this season and the near war not, I'd give it a 2 honestly and under Harris I'd give it perhaps a 3.5 right what we're not seeing is the 2 3 up to a 6 a 7 where you start and think aye aye cherry pie we're going somewhere here you know some good ideas like maybe moving personnel around you mentioned Murphy a second to go you know put him in a 10 position put him instead of Tomlin away from home break with a bit more pace I don't know you know but you've got players that clearly are a squad to me where half of the squad probably loved the previous manager and didn't want to see him go, and half were probably, or a third were in love, a third were undecided, and a third were, you know, good riddance. Mm. That's usually the kind of a makeup of a, a squad, especially when you've got 35, 40 players. So there's, there's, there's a lot of things to consider, but, you know, it, effectively, it's not Neil Harris's signings. Yeah, I was going right? to go to that. That is, that is, you cannot... He is trying to build in someone else's house. It's as simple as that. Well, I do think he's happy with the squad he's inherited, though, Blakey. Well, he has to say that because he can't effectively go public and say, I'm not happy with this squad because then he, who are you talking has, about? He has hinted that. Two, two things that have stood out to me from Neil Harris is on more than one occasion, after they've lost or had a poor draw, he said some of these players can't meet the standards I've required. heard that he I've said that, that I think three or four times yeah. and another thing he said in his programme notes ahead of Carlisle was the QPR results served as a reality check to the players who were here two years ago that they're not the same players as two years ago mm. which uh, I think was a pretty bold thing to say and it's, served it's as pretty damning mind. isn't it it is and yeah, who are you I, talking about exactly but I, I think the thing that he keeps bringing up about people not hitting the standards 
seems to me that he's he wants a bit of an overhaul this squad and he's perhaps not as happy as he originally said he was with the squad that's at his disposal at the moment. Well, that's kind of tough luck. Yeah. If you walk in saying I'm happy with it and then six weeks later say I'm not happy with it, mm-hmm. but you've come on the understanding that there's going to be little or no transfer uh, cash in the January, then you're going to have to make do. You so, know what I mean? But like I keep saying, you've got... It's, it's, this addressing room is so difficult. I think we can sit here and say a lot. We talk a lot without the greater understanding of what it's like in a dressing room. Yeah. Right? 25, 30 men, you know, all got egos as big as the earth, right? And like I said, let's say 30 players, let's say 10 of them love Neil Warnock. Nothing Neil Harris does is going to be right as far as they're concerned. Mm. Right? Depending on who those players are and what power they have in the dressing room, they can cause you major problems, they can cause you minor problems. Right? And I would say probably looking at the, 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 the Neil Warnock lovers are probably those who are more experienced and probably have a lot of power in the dressing room. Alright? Flip side of that, Neil Harris, it's your job to get those players on your side. Mm. Alright? If you've got a two or three year contract and you're a player, there's no point Neil Harris thinking, I'm going to ditch you. It's too many of you. You're outnumbered. Your only way is to, if you're Harris, kind of play nice. Until the owner says to you, right, there's your lump sum of money. Then you can come and start saying, right, slit his throat, he's out. Slit his throat, out you go. I thought you liked me. No, no, out you go. I like you as a person, but you're not good enough as a player. Out you go. But to do to say what you're saying, but then have no transfer funds, leaves you totally pickled. Yeah. Right? So the statements he's made, saying some of them aren't as good as what they think they are, or some of them aren't as good as what they were two years ago, Straight away, you think, is he talking about me? All right? Anyone's been here three seasons, is he, is he talking about me? Mm. Anyone who's here in a promotion campaign, is he, is he talking about me? All right. Now, if those players got power and influence in the dressing room, they go nattering, yeah, yeah, he's this and he's that and he's this and he's that. And then you're asking these players to come out and deliver for you on a Saturday. Mate, good luck with that. I'm telling you now, good luck with that. No one's running through a brick wall for you. Mm. All right? Because they know, collectively, just like you've seen Arsenal players with Emery, they know collectively, mate, you'll be gone before we are. Yeah, he seems far more pointed in his words than Warnock was after games, but that's a different point altogether. Mm-hmm. So in terms of January transfers, what are the key areas, Paul, you think Cardiff need to recruit did? Well, yeah. Yeah. Because of Mendes. I wouldn't have said that before, because Mendes is a big loss, yeah. I don't doubt Junior Hoylet's class, but he seems to have lost that extra edge that takes him past defenders certainly going to the byline that Murphy can offer on the other side if he's given his head um, so wingers preferably you know and, and I think you can still get that sort of that right player on loan I think Carter probably have to pay for it but you know Harry Wilson went to Derby last year and did a fabulous job Yeah, you know and I still remember Neil Warnock saying at the start of the season Asked about you know you know some of the Cardiff fans want to see young Welsh players like Wilson here and he said 
I think that we've got better players in those positions here. And I just thought, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Anyway, that's by the by. Um, winger, definitely, because that hand has now been forced. Um, probably cover at fullback, no more than that. It is at the back. I'm inclined to say leave Glatzel alone and let him go go for it up top. I just think the midfield's been wrong all season, Blakey. I can't help feeling that a dominant midfielder is still needed, a midfielder with legs and energy and all that, but mm. I still feel that sort of player is required in the team. And I think that sort of player can come on loan. You don't need to spend money for it. I think for the right Premier League our, reserve. You I know? think our problem has been a similar problem or we had the same problem in the positions for an awful long time. Mm -hmm. right? Aside the campaign where we went up, I think two centre-halves, I think the centre-half position has been a problem. I think Saul resolved it, but then coming out didn't, doesn't help. And I think in the Premier League season, I would have gone with Manga and Saul rather than Morrison and Saul. I think that would have resolved a lot of issues and gone and got a more attack-minded fullback. So for me, um, I'd, I'd go right down the heart of it, honestly. I, I, I'd, I'd improve, I'd change the goalkeeper um, for his kicking, right? Because I want to change the way I want to play. I'd probably go try and pick up someone like a, a grand at United, sat on the bench. Do Nothing the Alex Millies is up there? And the, I, I'm, I'm looking, I'm talking up overhaul now mm -hmm. I goalkeeper I'd go with someone like Lee Grant I'd then go into centre back position I would um, really assess Sol and his fitness levels um, I would definitely I'd, I'd keep Nelson I'd look to get another centre half in there and then someone who's got athleticism in central midfield and can box box to box it and can break and but has a bit of a presence as well, you know. Or I go the other way and go with that sort of Bannon, that very creative, make things tick, little Barry Bannon, the, the mm. deep midfield. I get someone like that who's going to help me link, you know, and be that spare um, cog in midfield. Uh, and I, I agree with Paul, I, I, I would definitely be looking for a winger and I would 100% be looking for a striker. Now, the boys down the road have signed a striker. I think we were calling for on the boot room maybe last season or the season before. Um, very talented boy, very good movement. Has had a bad injury, managed to come back and is still flying. So uh, I think we need to... I, I just think we need to change the... I've said it and I'll say it again. I've said it online. I think we ought to change the whole culture of the club. Honestly, I, I think it's Cardiff City and this is Cardiff City and this is the capital of Wales. And we've got a duty to deliver a team that is top quality. And until you start thinking that way, at the moment we're jigsaw puzzled and we've been jigsawed for years. Mm. There's no proper planning. There's no foresight. There's, there's, I call it finger in the dike football. We sign him, we sign him, we sign, and you know, but the problem keeps coming back. Sammy, so we've been saying for how long if you, in this modern day era we need defenders, full backs who can defend but can also get forward and help create and start attack. It's where the modern game is, right? In my day, no, 
now yeah so, so I would um, so you've got a lot to overhaul but remember Neil sorry to cut you Paul but if you remember Neil Warnock got the ump with me when I said like it's going to take two or three years yeah, yeah. to turn this squad o over probably longer mm. probably so you, longer you, but you want two centre backs a centre mid a winger and a striker That th this window you think that would if I if I was if I was and a goalkeeper and a goalkeeper sorry if, if I was if I had a you don't need millions and millions of pounds. It's, can I get this player on loan with a view to signing him? Can I get that player and sign him? Can I get this player and sign him? Can I get that one on loan? Or, you know, is he a free transfer? Or So it's wheel and deal. But it's what I'm trying to build towards rather than... I know I'm not going to build it overnight. Mm. But I have to start changing the dynamic of my squad. Right? At the moment, how can I lose Mendes Lang... Murphy's not playing up to where he should be and that side I've got no pace mm. I think um, I'm not convinced Cardiff need another centre back so they've, I just think they're perhaps are not picking the right combinations there I think that's, the, but you, I don't think you realise the importance of that partnership yeah. because what happens is Paul if I've got two defenders who can go 1v1 with any two strikers and many teams play one striker some might play with a 10 what I can do is those two defenders, effectively, with a holding midfielder yeah. of pack, are a diamond, yeah. right? So which allows me then for my full backs to be much higher and more creative, which then allows my front three, my two wide players, far more rotation movement across the lines, in behind people, one end up as a striker, two strikers, whatever. It gives me so much more scope. That's but that's a solid, you need that goalkeeper, two centre-halves, Hold the midfield. That is a solid, yeah, and solid that's why, that's why we were calling regularly on the boot room during the Premier League season for Bamba and Manga. To yeah, but Bamba's not up to it at the moment, right? Because he's still got... You know, I don't think Bamba... I don't think you'll see the best of Sol if he played every week. And I wouldn't play him every week at the moment. I'd play him every other or every other game. But I don't think you'll start to see the best of Sol until March... That's if he's playing regularly. So, so what I was going to say that was, time. was, in terms of the goalkeeper, though, and, and listen, to me, the midfielder that you mentioned is the most desperate needed player in that squad, right? But in terms of the goalkeeper, and this is the question I've got for you, you know, I've said before, it used to drive me mad. Well, Neil Etheridge is a fabulous goalkeeper, but everybody, you know, will agree that his distribution is questionable. Um, I'm asking you this, right? Can that not just change with the mindset? And what I mean by that is, you know, it, it used to drive it drove me mad this season when it's crying out for a quick counter, throw the ball at Joe Bennett, get going, get going at the field because the opposition have attacked or they're caught at a set piece or whatever. But he gets the ball, bounces it three or four times, slows down, lets everybody get into position again, then boots it up. They invariably win the header pick up the second ball consistent pattern all season you've got it's kind of it's, it's kind of a default position it's a complete default position but can that all just change with the mindset change from the no, manager because you've got to throw change. it no but he can throw it out a lot more can't he yeah but I, I, it's not his it's not his throw out distribution I'm worried about it's yeah. his feet well you don't see his throw out distribution that's the reason I, you're not I, worried I, about it well I know with his feet he's not got the capability to pass a, a 30 yard pass I think that's probably why he didn't end up going to the Premier League to be honest I think maybe the yeah. distribution was a yeah. key thing but I, 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 at the same time I don't want us to sound like I'm we're, we're just digging out digging out digging out I'm just talking about I'm taking it from a perspective of what I'm trying to build towards alright now 
fans are going to have their opinions left, right and centre. Uh, players will have their opinions left, right and centre, just like we're entitled to an opinion. But I'm saying, like, I'm taking it from the perspective that fans are kind of tired of seeing Cardiff where we've been. And we've been here for a long time. I keep saying to you, Glenn, when's the last time you've seen a 20 goal striker at Cardiff? Yeah. You know, these things are like, we're talking like, that is like so sacred now. 20 goals a striker, 20 goals a season striker, 15 at least, they should be. You pick them off trees. So, so you, you know what I mean, it, it it is dependent upon how you play and what your strategies are going into games, and you know what personnel you've got to hand, and you know. So I'm talking about building towards becoming a Premier League solid outfit, not for five years, not for ten years, but a solid outfit. We get to the point where you don't get complacent, but you get to the point where you, people are not talking about your relegation at the start of this season start the next season started. You know, they're talking more about is it about time that kind of pushed into the European places and blah 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 blah. That's what I'm talking so, about. So I like all that. I think that all makes eminent sense, right? Particularly in the modern game. But and and to be fair, you've said all along before the season started that other teams play football now and Cardiff's tactics would, would appear outdated and that's what's happened. But I got two questions, right? By mm. making the changes that you suggest there, right here, right now, A are you in effect writing off the top six this season? And B, is Neil Harris the right manager to make those changes? Uh, a, I wrote off the top six since the beginning of the season because I think we'll finish eight <coughs> below. And B, right? And B, I don't think if you look at Neil Harris's past at Millwall, is what I can only judge him on, and say right, you got better players to hand, but not far, far better. Don't get it twisted. We're not like, you know. Liverpool or anything like that, our players squad, you know, it's a it's a decent squad and you can get more out of it, I think. But is he the the right man? Uh, listen, I don't know. He's yet to prove himself to me. And I'm not going to say, I'm going to say, I can only go on what I've seen so far and what I've seen for the last four or five years at, at Millwall. And it's, it's looking like it's a similar thing then to Millwall. So, the fact that we've got a higher caliber quality of player and a bit more money. He's yet to spend any money, so we can't judge that, but it doesn't look like much difference. There wasn't much like okay, Millwall play far more football under uh, Rowett than they did under Harris mm -hmm. and they look a better team for it going forward defensively. They look like they're developing. You, you could see that, right? Yeah. When, you, when we watched the game, Millwall, mm. Cardiff, uh, Cardiff, Millwall, you could see it developing. You could see what Rauer is. They, well, they're playing far more football than they did previously. If you go back like two seasons and that, when we went up under Harris and they, it, it's totally different. Mm. Not totally different, but you can see the progression, what they're trying to do. And when you hear then Rauer speak after the game, yeah, it fits into what I've just seen. Right, so you know, the thing that always worried me about Neil Harris was when I heard you, they were signing him on the 20 throw ins, 40 crosses, 50 shots. Listen, if if that's you sit in the boardroom and that's what it takes to win your vote to give this manager an opportunity, you're in the wrong game. Okay, well, I think that nicely brings us to the end of part two. In part three, we will be previewing the South Wales Derby.
Welcome back for part three of Blakey's Boot Room, where we are joined by Swansea City correspondent Ian Mitchellmore. How are you doing, Mitch? Where's the booze? Where's the booze? How oh, we've you? already booed you mm-hmm. earlier on. Yeah, Blakey booed you and I. Thanks for having me on, gents. Good to see you all. That's looking, right, mate. Looking forward to Derby this Sunday, Mitch? <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the last one was the first one I've covered here, and obviously it was the first one in since the 2013-14 season, so... Um, yeah, the first one in Cardiff. Can't wait. Paul, it seems to be a bit of a, a low-key build-up to this one. Would you agree with that? At the moment, I think that's probably because um, of Cardiff's form. People say, oh, well, both teams are in poor form. The ones are in the top six, you know, so I'm not sure I'd buy that. Um, I think Cardiff's form, I think everything we've discussed previously on this show about mm. the, the style of football and everything and the recent Cardiff results have probably taken their toll in that respect, but there's nothing like playing Swansea and Swansea playing yeah. hard enough to wet the appetite. It'll fire it up, but you know. Swansea fans are not overly joyed with Coops. Mm. They don't think their football is what it should be or what it has been in the past. So you've kind of got two sets of fans who are not overly joyed and fully behind their managers, which straight away creates this kind of negative kind of atmosphere. However... On the day, it, it just is clash of the tide. Listen, there's going to be close on 33,000 in that ground. Sunday morning, atmosphere. Yeah. Sky haven't picked this game for no reason. Yeah. They know what the atmosphere is like at a Cardiff-Swansea game. Um, they know how highly the passions run. And as per usual, the fans will deliver. Mitch, would you agree with... Blakey's assessment that fans are not overly happy with the, the football under Cooper at present. 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not what it was under Graham Potter. Let's be honest, it was far better to watch last season than it is now. However, Swansea are a lot better defensively than they were. You know, you look at the recent games, I think Abu made a good point where Swansea just ticking along nicely. They've had only one league defeat in the last six. They've got 11 points from 18, which is decent form. It's going to keep you up there. You're hence why they've clung on to that sort of sixth spot. Um, performances haven't been great. The Barnsley game, the last one of 2019, it was just a, a really miserable way to end what's been a fantastic decade for Swansea. And then the 1-0 against Charlton, first half they played some of the best football of the season against, you know, admittedly a Charlton team that were missing something like 12 players. Even Lyle Taylor had to go off at half-time because he hadn't fully recovered from injury. So, um, But then in the second half they just couldn't kill off the game, which has been a problem at times this season. And Charlton came back into it and, and could have got a point. So... It's not been great to watch, but they've been grinding out results, which is something that they didn't always do last season. So, which one would you want? Playing brilliantly all the time, but not always getting the results, or something that's a little less easy on the eye, but where you are picking up points even when you don't play well. So, I do agree with the assessment, but I think, as as both Blake and Abbo have said, it goes out the window on Sunday when you know that ref, that referee blows the whistle. Bit of a boost for Swansea that they signed Ryan Brewster from Liverpool yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think he will feature on Sunday? Yeah, I think it was it was timely as well, especially with Sam Surridge going, because aside from Borja, they don't really have many out-and-out options. You know, I know Andre Ayew played up front last time, and I think he was a key figure in, in Swansea dominating that game against Cardiff at the Liberty, but I don't personally feel that he'll be thrown straight in, Rian Brewster. I think he might be best suited to coming off the bench, because you know, whoever plays at the back, whether it's Sean Morrison, Sol Bambraid and Flint for Cardiff, I think their physicality could be a problem for him. You know, he's slight in stature, his physicality could be an issue and, and that's where Cardiff probably will have the upper hand. So Yeah, don't get it twisted, he can hold the ball up. He can. He can hold the ball up and a lot of times size, size matters not when you're holding up the ball, trust me. 
you know, what it is about your movement and your timing. And my worry is always, well, since I've seen it, me and my, Paul and myself were speaking earlier, my, wor my worry is that his movement will be, will can kill Cardiff's two centre halves. But that's the key, isn't it? The movement. Yeah, the and I think I'm if if I'm if I'm a manager, if I'm a player, I'm thinking, right, don't don't let someone go on and fight with those two for seventy minutes. Then bring me on. Put me on from the start. Let me run the legs off them, and then last thirty, last twenty, I, I know that's when defenders tire and I come into my own. So if if I'm uh, Cooper, that's the dilemma for, for me. Um, if I'm Brewster, I'm hoping I start because I want to show what I can do and I want the movement. He's quick, right? And he's got good movement and he can finish the boy. So it's, it's for me, I would be more inclined to be, right, give him the game and let's just see. Because he's not going to get a, a, a harder game to play in than that. Mm. Yeah, I, I fully understand that point. The, the only concern I would have is that he's played 12 minutes of senior football since, what, September? He had that injury in December, came back in the Merseyside derby last weekend, you know, in the last 12 minutes or whatever it was against Everton for Liverpool. Before you know, He's only made three senior appearances in his whole career, so that would be my only concern. If he's fully fit and, and raring to go, then I don't see that being a problem, but it's just whether, whether he is or not, I suppose. Paul, from a Cardiff perspective going into this derby, what... How big of an importance would you place on this game? Because we've been speaking about Neil Harris before, but this is almost Yowge. an instant way for him to endear himself to, to fans who are starting to doubt him, maybe. Well, I've heard Cardiff fans saying that this is win-win for them because they either beat their big rivals or they don't and Neil Harris could could go. That's a very naive attitude because Neil Harris isn't going anywhere. Mm. You know, I mean, the club quite, you know, have... have got him on a three-year contract, you know, and he has backing from some senior figures in that boardroom, and rightly so as well, you know, as, as he's their man. Um, I It is a big game for him. I, You know, Blakey and I often wonder, we, we always felt this with Dave Jones who came down from Liverpool. I don't think Neil Warnock got it, despite everything. I, you know, I hope Neil Harris understands what this derby really means. Steve Cooper certainly did in the last one. Gary Monk did, whereas Ali Gunnar Solskjaer didn't when they played each other. Um, and I hope Harris, who's come down from London, really realises just how intense and how passionate the Cardiff-Swansea game is. The football may not be the best on show, but I don't think there's another derby in the UK, possibly Celtic Rangers aside, where passions run as deeply yeah, as they do in this one. Yeah, that's where you go with it. Right? Kind of um, what he must say, Neil Watt made some horrendous tactical errors at the Liberty. He, he in effect played 4-2-4. He put Glatzel and Ward up front. The one thing you don't do against Swansea, <laughs> given their history of playing through the midfield, <laughs> is empty your midfield. And he left Pack and Rouse totally exposed mm -hmm. to... Neither pace your athletic. And, and what that then did was it allowed... I mean, I had a blinder, as Mitch has just said, but what it really did was it allowed their wingers, who, Dyer and Routledge, who were brilliant technicians on the ball always have been Premier League experience and all that it really enabled them to control the game and they 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 and you know, they just had a field day both and whereas Cardiff's equivalents I think it was Mendes and White on the day were just completely innocuous as were the most of the Cardiff team um, he needs to try to 
from Cardiff's perspective, Harris needs to do a role reversal there. They need to dominate and, the game. And he needs to make we sure do. that it's Murphy and Hoylett who are on the ball far more than, than, than Swan, their Swansea counterparts this time. And where the, the point Mitch made about the centre-backs up against Brewster, I think that can be applied right across the team. You know, I think Cardiff have got to look to their physical presence to try and get their ball players on the ball, if you like, whereas Swansea will look to zip that ball around at pace again, which is something they do under Cooper and have done all season and certainly did in that game at the Liberty, which they won, which they won 1-0, but that was going on 3 or 4-0, to be, if we're perfectly honest with you. I looked at some stats this morning and saw that Cardiff had um, 43% possession of that game, which shocked me, because thinking back to it, it seemed a lot less mm. than that, you know? It was just so ineffective with it, that was the biggest yeah. concern, wasn't um, it? So Cardiff just, they, they, you know, they can't make the fundamental tactical errors that, that um, were made last time. And they've got to impose their game on Swansea, physically as well as in every other sense, in the way that Swansea imposed their own passing game on Cardiff last time at the Liberty. I think it's mm. the only way Cardiff win it. They've got to physically dominate yeah. the opposition, honestly. With that in it's mind. What, it's, it's what, and unfortunately, that's the default position that was taken from the previous manager. Mm. We're going to be big, we're going to be physical, old school, right? So, okay, so that's your default position. Make sure you bring that to the table because I'm telling you, players like Tomlin, he can, he can, he can win the game for you. All right? This is what I think we're forgetting. Players like Tomlin now have been influential, very influential of late. Players like him be really up for the game. Defenders be really up for the game. You know, Hoylet should be really up for the game. And Murphy, I don't know where Murphy's at. Murphy's a very different one. I don't know what's going on with him or whatever, but he just doesn't seem like a happy boy. Far from it, to be honest with you. He doesn't seem like he wants to be out there. You know, he, he doesn't. He just seems upset constantly. When I seen him the other day, he was almost petulant to the point against uh, Carlisle. Carlisle. I, I just thought, what's going on with you? You know. With that in mind, well, what team, what 11 would you select? What kind of City 11 would you select for Sunday? Um, <laughs> uh, Robbie James at right back. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, I would go... I would go Peltier, um, Nelson, probably Morrison, um, and Bennett. Mm -hmm. I think uh, the experience and the stature of Bakuna and Pack, when they've played well together, they're probably the best pairing. Then I put your man in the 10 position, Tomlin. And then the front, I'm not sure. That's, that's my dilemma. Uh, Glatzel, Ward, I'd probably go with Ward in a game like this because he. I would say would understand the significance more than anybody and you know if not I'm gonna play I'm 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 gonna go the other way. I'm gonna put not Glatzel, um Medine and just mate, you're gonna have to play eleven out of ten battering ram, right? And then I'll bring on a ward and run you ragged for the last twenty minutes, something like that. But the tactical that's the 
it has to um, be built around physically dominating the opposition because you're not going to outpass them. No. Right? And you're not, you, you know we're not an athletic side. We haven't got quick players here, there and everywhere. So you've got to use and utilise your strength and our strength is our strength, our, our prowess. You've got to bring that. But your tactics have to be built around that. You know, and it's, it's not a case of just go out and play. You know, if they've got a short left back, then, you know, cross field pass it a lot, left to right, right to left, whatever. You know, put a winger on him or strike a pull off, win your headers, put Patterson in a position where he pulls off and, you know, knocks balls down. Put him as the nine if you have to. I don't know, but you're tactical. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When you're going into that game, Use your greatest asset. They've got physical players all over the park. What you haven't got is pace in abundance, and you haven't got, you're not technically going to pass this, this opposition to death. Mm. So, Mitch, since the last derby, have there been any particular strengths or weaknesses that have come to the fore for Swansea? I think what well, weaknesses definitely, the defence has been chopped and changed, I think, for the first eight, nine games had the same back four with Freddie Woodman. Um, then Jake Bidwell got suspended. Joe Roden got injured. He missed the last half. He's going to miss this one as well. Mike Van der Horn's had a couple of injuries uh, lately He went off well. the other night, didn't he? Yeah, he went off against Charlton. In he the looked cup, like he was uh, struggling so, as well. Yeah, in the league, sorry. And that was after a, a problem against injury, Brentford yeah. on Boxing Day. So mm. he, he's an enormous loss. I mean, Joe Roden, everyone knows how talented he is. Anyone who saw him play for Wales as well will know that. Um, but Van der Horn, you could see instantly that they lost a lot of experience. You know, you're playing Benga Bangos from the academy, only made his senior debut this season. Ben Wilmot, who's on loan from Watford, obviously the, the hero last time for Swansea in, in the game at Liberty, but you know he's still very inexperienced. So you're talking, you could have two centre backs with a combined age of was it 38 or 39, which is see. So then you would then then I would look I would be looking at that thinking right, play Patterson. Play Ward. Play Glatzel will probably be my 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 last option, mm. right? Because I'm looking to physically dominate. Patterson can get get me a goal. Medine can can be a battering ram, right? I'm telling him he has to be, right? Or Ward gives you a bit of movement, but he's an aggressive boy. He'll get amongst it as well. So. That's what I mean is taking advantage of the fact you've got two kids playing at centre back. Don't give them a moment's rest. Do not give them a moment's rest. Be all over them. So I, think, I think that's the key. We, we looked at, at Brentford when Van der Holm was injured. Wilmot stepped in and they played as a pair for the first time. And don't get me wrong, Brentford's front three is phenomenal. Mm. The, the six ahead of the defence is outstanding, as good as I've seen in this league. But they, they ran riot at times and Swansea looked a mess at the back. They only lost 3-1 in the end, but trust me, it could have been a lot more than that. As footballers, they're outstanding technically, Wilmot and Cabango. You know, Cabango's really highly rated at Swansea and at Wales and the 21 international, and you know, he's a potential bolt of the Euro squad. I can't see it, but you, you never know. But make no mistake, if you get at them, you never know. So I think I think Blakey's right there to say they've got to be harassed, whether it's Medine or, or Ward or even Callum Patterson. We, we know what he can do, so... So you skipped over my team, haven't <clears> given <throat> Blakey his head. Um, but I would, I would go. I can see what he's saying about 
you know, peltier jazz, you can call that whichever way you want. Um, if, I if, think if, after if, Jazz's performance at QPR, yeah, mate, yeah, I, th- I, I ain't seen a fullback it, get dealt with like will, that for a it, long it will be, time. Well, it, it will he be. Got, he got a good... Did you... Sorry, yeah, Paul. Yeah, did yeah, you I see? Did, yeah, but I thought he was excellent at Hillsborough, to be fair to him. He, but it will be peltier, whatever, mm. right? Um, I would go Morris and Bamba. I would go back to basics, yeah? Mm. I think it'll be Flint and Nelson, or pro- no, Flint and Morrison, for what it's worth. Bennett left back. The midfield picks itself because on the basis, Riles is not fit. Well, if he is fit, would you play him? Yeah, I probably would because I think he'd bring more athleticism. Instead of, instead of Pack or Bakuna? No, I'd play him instead of Bakuna, to be honest with you. But, but it's but a big has more athleticism than Pack. Yeah, but I just think Pack has this physical presence that you're talking about. Um, and I thought he was one of the few to perform well for Cardiff um, in the last time. And then mm-hmm. I'd, I'd go Murphy, Tomlin and Hoylett. And I was going to say, I was going to say, if you want to go down that physical route, I think Callum Patterson should go to nine. Um, because, do you know what? There's an argument for saying Patterson has proven himself more at nine than any other out-and-out nines on the on the club's books at the moment. I still think Glatzel could just take off because there's a proper footballer in him there. Mm. But if you're going down the real physical route, Patterson's the one who won't give those those Swansea young centre backs a oh, moment's rest. He, he will look to bully them and you know yeah. really get into them, and he will harass to stop them playing out from the back, all that sort of thing, which wasn't happening in the first game. And so, but I don't think he will go down that route for what it's worth. I think he might go down the Medine route, but it'll probably Glatzel. Probably Glatzel. Yeah. Yeah. Right, we'll just come on quickly then to, to some Ask Blakey before we, we make our predictions. So, Jamie Rees asks... All right, Jamie, Happy New Year. What's our best centre-back pairing? Uh, Manga and Bamba. <laughs> I'll let you have that one. Uh, well, difficult to say because we haven't seen them all together, but uh, if all fully fit... I would take a guess that Bamba alongside Nelson would be probably the best because you know what Salt's organisational skills are like and I haven't seen that from Morrison or I see it to a degree from Morrison but not in the same stature as as Bamba and I I don't see it from Flint Friend of the show Jason Mohammed. Alright J-Mo Asks What's it like scoring in the Derby, Blakes? And should we take the day off if City win? Uh, it should be a national holiday. <laughs> <laughs> and it's... Uh, I can't explain to you. When it, did you score at Derby? Uh, I okay. sc- sc- scored at Ninian Park right. in a Derby. Um, it's... Uh, these are, I, think, I, think, I think we had to lose in the game, but it was like... That moment when you score, I think it was the time when they ripped up the Swansea fans, ripped up the wooden seats, they put on the family stand, and the game was delayed and all that. Um, Grandstand that one. Yeah, and you know, like like I said to one of the the Swansea boys out there, you know, you know that there's thousands of them and they hate you, Mm. right? Not so much now. They probably still hate me, but not with the same passion they did before. But I'm from a place. Ely and Cardiff, Ringland and Newport, and listen, bring as many as you want. I'm from that sort of background, mm-hmm. so it's, come one on one and we'll do it. So I, it was almost like you want to get to me, but I would love to get to you. Mm-hmm. So don't get twisted. I don't back down. I don't shy from 
people like that don't get intimidated. Mm. So it, you know, scoring in a derby when the stick they've given you, and often it was so racial, it was terrible. One of the worst places to go or face. He just, he, it was just those are the days where you say, oh, score a goal and you know, give back to him. But I, I wanted that goal to, I wanted to ram it. You know what I mean? It was, like, it, was, it was that sort of passion. So that that's where I'm going. That's 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 how I feel about scoring a goal in a in a derby. It's, it's I, a fantastic um, feeling. I, I mean, I just think back to a few years ago when Michael Chopper scored a last minute winner, and I remember that. I've yeah. rarely seen Cardiff City Stadium erupt as it did mm. there. I remember at the old Indian Park, Joe Allen scoring a, a a goal for Swansea that put them two one ahead in front of. 1800 travelling fans whatever it was that day again you could just see what it meant to them mm. it's just mm. it's just something else and this is the point I was trying to make that I don't think Dave Jones really got what the South Wales derby was about Dave Jones didn't um, not I'm, many managers were. I'm not sure Neil Warnock really got it to no. be honest with you you know? Why would you say that is? Because obviously we know he's I don't know. I don't the know. Game. The one with Warnock baffles me, whereas that day Steve Cooper, who comes from the Cardiff neck of the woods more than the Swansea neck of the woods, clearly understood exactly yeah, but what he's, it he's, meant he's because he's up been brought it. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a, what you'll find, uh, Paul, and this is, um, people can disagree, agree, I'm a bothered, but I'm telling you, um, most English managers... I played for would all look at Down Wales. On it. All look at Wales, yeah. in inverted commas, and think, well, it's, it's, yeah, sorry, it's a Mickey Mouse derby, though, isn't it? That's what they would say, sort of thing. It's not Everton, Liverpool. Yeah. It's not Man U, Man City. It's not Man U, Liverpool. It's not, and you think to yourself, oh, you just do not understand. Yeah. All right. So there's that. There's that. The fact that Cooper is the one that Paul's calling out is the one who did recognise and he's Welsh. It's, 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 it's no surprise. But, but then, and, you know, just to take it to another stage, I remember Oli Gunnar taking Cardiff down to the Liberty and they just, I don't think he got it. Whereas Gary Monk was in charge of Swansea for that game and although Gary Monk is English, he'd obviously been brought up, you know, been ingrained in yes, the brought up to hate the Blues. Where, whereas mm. he really got his Swans team up for that game, mm. you know. Mm. I think Malky Mackay got it. Mm. Maybe it's because of the Glasgow upbringing. I don't know. I think he really got it. The you know? Um mm. But I, I just, can't remember you know, that far back. I'm that old. So <laughs> I hope, I hope Harris, as I said earlier, I hope Harris doesn't just, you know, oh, this is not a patch Who's Mil- Well, Millwall Cardiff is a big enough derby, mm. right? So, you know, just, just, Think back to the worst of Millwall, Cardiff, when the fans have gone at it and all that. You know, I got I got friends who are like older than me, fifties now, and you know, Millwall come to the town is the only game they come to, just mm. just in case, Nate. They say just in case, yeah. <laughs> in case they need them. No, just in case. Next Nate. question, guys. just in case. Tim Burns with the goal shift in Harris's all right, brain. Tim. Is Tomlin's presence an issue? Are the remaining two in midfield having to work harder to protect the defence? That's a good question. That's a really good question. Say that again. Um, with a goal ship during Harris's reign, is Tomlin's presence an issue? Are the remaining two in midfield having to work harder to protect the defence? Uh, possibly, but again, it's because you don't... Right, so if you don't have the ball, you're on the back foot more than often than not. So you're going to have to work harder. Whereas if you play and you've got 
more possession of the ball and you're pushing higher up and allowing your full backs to push into kind of a midfield position, you're outnumbering, right? So it, 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 it's the process of the game. It's how the game is managed by Cardiff, Cardiff City effectively. If you allow or if you don't have the confidence to keep the ball past the ball and move forward with that ball at some sort of tempo, then the opposition, you give the opposite. This is why I say possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? You give the opposition the ability to do what they want with you. They can counter-attack you, they can push you, they can press you. They can. So for me, you, you've got to, you can't just say, oh, those two, are they, are they being left exposed because of Tomlin? Because what you've got to think to yourself, we, are, we want to go forward, right? We're trying to move forward. We want to win and we want to attack. Mm. And the best form of defence is attack. So Tomlin is one of our best attacking players. So can I sacrifice him? Well, if I sacrifice him, then I'm really struggling for creativity and goals, right? So I don't know, but am I getting enough out of my right back and left back position? Are my two centre halves solid enough? Can they defend one on one? Is my holding midfielder, is he athletic enough to cover the ground? You know, is the is Bakuna who's alongside him, you know, often like a Charlton when they both emptied the centre midfield, you know, that's in that's inexperience for two boys with so much experience. Mm. So there's lots of other things, ways you can forget the not forget the Tomlin argument. I understand the question, but I flip it on his head and say, you know, no, I don't think we're getting enough out of other players we have to be then looking at Tomlin as the problem. Yeah. Because Tomlin has scored goals, created goals in the last two months that there's not another player in our team probably could have seen or created or scored, maybe scored those goals, Hoylet can score a world and what have you. But do you understand what I mean? They're not yeah. going to have that creativity. He, he, he gives you something different. And that's why you bought him. So then, right, it's no good buying him them not playing in a system that suits him. You know, between Pack and Bakuna, having two sat in front of two, so you've got two centre-backs against one striker, remember? Nine times out of ten, one striker. And then two holes in front, that's a box of four. Mm. And you've got two full-backs, that's six. Plus a keeper, seven. You're only leaving four for attack, mind. It's mm. brilliantly described. Yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Amazing. So it's not. It's no point. It's no point looking at Tomlin as the problem. There's so much more in other areas where we can do so much better, mate. But, but to me, this is easily fixable, Blakey. And it people, is. people have a go at me saying there's nothing easy. They're not up to it. But I think. I, I think they can play higher up. I think Pack, as a result, plays further up the pitch. I think Etheridge throws the ball out to his full-backs far more, who get forward more. Etheridge plays a sweeper. I think That's that a this, I think this is, this is fixable. Mm -hmm. I do. Mm -hmm. you know? I agree yeah, with you. Yeah. yeah, you need to evolve it with, much, with, with better personnel in certain positions, but I think it's fixable right here, right now. I agree with and you 100%. And you make more compact. I agree with you 100%. I think the problem is, is we've been... I think those players, largely, have been told for the last three years, this is how we play. And they are in, I keep saying it, they go back to the default position. All right? If I'm not sure, I'm just going to follow my man. All right? I'm not sure, all right, I'm just going to pump it up towards Glatzel. Mm -hmm. 
from Russia, all that's a bit risky in there and he's mad. That's a mindset, all right? You've got to change the mindset, change the culture throughout and 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 stand and stand. You know, it, it's about you as a person. You know, I've been playing football since I was six years old. Those boys have been largely the same. Listen to what I'm saying, fellas. You, 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 I'm asking you, under a bit of pressure, to pass the ball 10, 12, 6, 15 yards. Under a bit of pressure, I'm asking you to move off the line, move into space, run with the ball, open your legs. I'm asking you as a fullback to pass that ball into that area. And if you see space in front of you, run into it. Because mm. just to take the question a little bit further right. on, you could argue without Tomlin, they'd be under even more pressure because he's oh. one player who does keep the ball <laughs> and passes to a blue yeah. shirt. So who asked the question? Tim. 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 Yeah. But great question, Tim. It was a great I question. hope that helps you out. Right, we'll move on to uh, onto our predictions then, as we always do. And Mitch, as you are a guest of the show, I'll give you the honour of, <laughs> of going first. Be careful if you want to get out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the right side of the door here. Uh, I went with the Swansea win last time. I was, I was one of the few that I actually felt confident for them. I, I was surprised at how lacklustre Cardiff were. I really didn't expect that. And there was Just remember, intensity. I'm going to put your picture up in the stadium before the game. That's very if you true. Around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be on one of them. There he is. I'm not going to be on one of them buses from the Liberty. But no, I, I, I think Cardiff will be a lot better this time around. There should be a lot more intensity. Home fans as well. As that said, I still think Car- um, Swansea are playing the better stuff at the moment. I, I can I can see it being a draw. And I think a score draw as well. So I'd go low scoring one all. Right, Paul. I haven't got a clue. Glad. <laughs> I haven't got a clue. Um, the double has never been done. That's just something about that fixture, as if you lose the first game, you just cannot lose the second game, whether you're Cardiff or Swansea. It just history tells us that. Um, I was going to say 1-1 as well, because I'm sitting on the fence. I I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me to see Cardiff sneak it 1-0 with a set-piece goal, but... I probably want. I probably veer to a one-one as well. Blakey, Cardiff two-nil. Two-nil. Mm-hmm. That's a heck of a bold prediction. Mm-hmm. Listen, when you back against the wall, fellas, I'm going one-nil Cardiff now. Three-nil Swansea. I'm going to go. No, let Blakey explain that. No, well, I, 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 I take the point Paul made that there's never been a double done either way. Yeah. When your back is against the wall, and I think most of these players will be similar, there's only one place you can go, and that's forward, you know, regardless of what the outcome is. And I think Cardiff are in that position in this game particularly. And if the manager don't understand it, listen to this podcast and you will understand it, right? You've got one place to go. Otherwise, rain of fire is coming your way. And there's nothing none of us are going to say or do that's going to be able to change that. You can't lose... Let me tell you something, pressure, if you don't like pressure, come out the kitchen. But this is pressure, right? To say, I don't want to be the first man with that tag. Even though he wasn't here for the first game, they don't want it to happen. No one at this club wants it to happen. No fan wants to see it happen. No player, former player, former anything wants to see it happen. So, whoever's selected, understand, Neil Harris, you've got to win. I don't, I don't want to bring a dampener on it, but I think it's going to be 1-1. One, one. <laughs> well, 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 one. everyone said 1-1. One, one. I think Cardiff go 
and I think there's there's so much passion, there's so much I'm because don't forget they've come off the back of a hiding at QPR and a very poor performance against Carlisle. So Swansea. Yeah. Right? QPR, anyway. Right. So to me, your best attribute is physical, just go and put it on them. Mm. I'm going one nil Cardiff. Blakey's convinced me. Mm. I just can't see that Cardiff defence keeping the clean sheet, but I'm sure we will see on Sunday. Thanks once again for all of your questions, uh, and make sure you stay tuned at Wales Online. Mm.